Hi, this is Libby, and I've got a quick message from one of our sponsors for this pod is your pod this week, Sunbasket. And I know we're supposed to be in the middle of summer, things are supposed to be going smoothly, but if you're anything like me, you know, things still get a little bit hectic around dinner time. So Sunbasket makes it easy to cook delicious, seasonal, nutritious meals, no matter how busy I get. Sunbasket sends organic and non-GMO ingredients pre-measured and ready to go so you can have your meal prepared in just 30 minutes or less. No planning ahead, no grocery shopping, it just comes right to your door. With Sunbasket, you can take the guesswork out of preparation and make cleanup easier. And they've got meals to fit every lifestyle, so you can choose from paleo, gluten-free, lean and clean, and vegetarian options, all created by an award-winning chef and approved by nutritionists. Sunbasket meals are quick and always delicious. I can definitely find time for that. So if you go to sunbasket.com slash this pod today, you can get 50% off your first order. That's sunbasket.com slash this pod to get 50% off your first order. Sunbasket.com slash this pod. Hi, Courtney. Hey, Libby. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. Episode two. We made it. We made it. (laughs) (laughs) It's been really amazing to uh, read and see some of the reactions from our first episode, which came out last week. And I'm really excited about the show this week because we are going to go a little bit behind the scenes at Pantsuit Nation and talk about what's happened in the last nine months since we got started. Yeah, we're going to um, kind of pull back the curtain a little bit on what it's like to uh, accidentally start a Facebook group with many millions of people in it. Um. (laughs) (laughs) And surprisingly, our listeners may not know this, but Pantsuit Nation is not the only group that that's happened to. And we're going to hear from someone uh, who's had a similar experience in a a sort of different context later. But uh, yeah, first, let's talk about Pantsuit Nation. Yeah, so... um, Libby, how how did you do this? <laughs> when back in October, um, you know what what happened? What started this whole thing? Yeah, so I live uh, in a pretty remote place, coastal Maine. Uh, my town has about 800 people year round who live here, quite small. I've got two young kids and I'd actually just gone back to work. I was a stay at home mom um, with my kids when they were born. My husband's a boat builder. Um, you know, I was basically just like, living the day-to-day life of diapers and Cheerios and all of that. Had gone back to work part-time um, and was really caught up in, in I think as, as a lot of us were, in the 2016 election and like feeling like I didn't have a lot of people t- who shared my support of Secretary Clinton. I mean, I really thought, still think that she was a light, once-in-a-lifetime candidate and, um, you know, was just had a, had a historic campaign as the first woman on a major uh, party ticket winning her nomination for her party. Um, I was so inspired by her throughout the whole election, the way that she, or through the whole campaign, the way that she presented herself, the way that she, you know, listened to people, the way that she formed her policies and and her messages around things that really mattered to me um, Mm -hmm. as a, as a parent, as you know, I I serve on my local school board. And so education K through 12 education is really important to me. I've got young kids, all of that. Um, So anyway, but, but I lived in in this really tiny town and I didn't feel like I had that many people to talk to. Um, So I was texting with my friend, Caddy, shout out to Caddy, my bud. Hey Caddy. uh, Um, I was texting with her after the third debate and, um, I don't know if you can like get back to that moment on the morning of October 20th, but, um, Secretary Clinton had been wearing this like fabulous white pantsuit. Oh, like, I remember the white yeah. pantsuit. <laughs> it was so great. Iconic moment in pantsuit history. I know. Seriously. It's going to go down in, in pantsuit history books, but, um, 
And yet still people, you know, as I was texting with Caddy, still people were finding a way to disparage her appearance, uh, regardless of, of what she was saying. And, and this was like weeks, maybe not even full weeks uh, after Trump had been caught on tape bragging about sexual assault. Mm-hmm. And yet our conversation turned, as it often had in that campaign, to Secretary Clinton's appearance. Um, and, and the idea of a pantsuit, like, I don't, I don't, I didn't own a pantsuit. I never worn a pantsuit. It wasn't part of my repertoire, like, living on the coast of Maine. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I'm 33 years old. Like, it's not something that I regularly wear. And yet this idea of the pantsuit sort of became this emblem to me, as it was for all of Secretary Clinton's campaign, but also, like, it's feminism. It's badass. It's, it's something that can really represent um, where women have come, you know, since the 70s and 80s when women were literally not allowed to wear pants um, in a lot of professions. So I was like, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to create a Facebook group inviting a handful of my friends to wear a pantsuit on November 8th to cast their vote for Secretary Clinton as sort of like a nod or a wink without kind of like wearing, you know, her her logo, wear a pantsuit, embody that symbol and then go vote for her. So anyway, sat down at my desk. I was like on the job. (laughs) So I took a minute, uh, clicked over to Facebook, create a secret group. No one Facebooks at work, Libby. I don't know what you're talking about. I know. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah. And and created the group, invited about 30 friends, said, wear a pantsuit on November 8th. You know why. That was like the only indication that I gave, Um, you know, closed out of Facebook, got back to work. And a few hours later, there were like a few thousand people in this group, which, you know, you could only be added by a friend already within the group. That's how it works with secret groups on Facebook. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, oh my gosh, this is huge. There's like two and a half thousand people already. It's only been a few hours. Little did I know the next day we were up to 24,000 people and (laughs) like promptly broke Facebook. Like they wouldn't allow us to add any more people because it had grown so quickly. We like triggered their like spam bot stuff. Right, right. I'm sure that they thought that it was just some machine like turning people into <laughs> yeah. the group. Didn't realize that No, it was that just people that were really excited about pants. Exactly. Suits, it the, turns out. the virality of the popularity of Secretary Clinton. <laughs> Yeah. So I'm like on my phone at every possible second that I have, like trying to tweet out stuff to Zuck being like, lift the gates, like let more people because I'm getting messages round the clock from people saying like, I've got 40 people that I really want to add to this group. It's so amazing. I had no idea that there were so many people out there that felt as strongly as I do about Secretary Clinton that were so excited. Um, So eventually, a few days later, we got them to sort of open it up. And within two and a half weeks, we had a million people in Pantsuit Nation. It was just like, unbelievable. yeah. It's still unbelievable to me <laughs> now, nine months out. Yeah, no, I know. Me too. Yeah. And and it's all happening like, you know, the overarching narrative, right, is like no one um, is really passionate or enthusiastic about Secretary Clinton. Like she's a lesser of two evils, like barf into my microphone. Like <laughs> I know, right? That's like, ugh, I found that that was just the most BS thing that you could say. Well, and it was also demeaning and belittling the the very intelligent, heartfelt, belief and understanding of millions of women in particular in this country that we didn't have the wool pulled over our eyes. The DNC wasn't tricking us. Like we know who she is, what she stands for. We believe in her and we want her to be our president like that. Not to mention read her resume. Okay. I'm sorry. I'm going to find that. Okay. Relax. (laughs) Okay. So, well, no, I mean, that's like tapping into a lot of, I think what was happening and why I grew so quickly. Um, That wasn't without some challenges, right? So like I mentioned, I mean, I'm, I'm trying to work. I've got my family. Um, I live in a place where the internet connection, um, you know, has some challenges. I'm trying to manage this group. Something to be desired. Yeah. 
Yeah, exactly. Um, bringing on admins and moderators like round the clock, we were basically training people in the weeks leading up to the election. Um, you know, as this group was growing exponentially, a friend of mine over at Google who was helping me, um, she was like, I've seen communities grow. She was like, I think that we're going to get over 3 million people on election day. Like, girl, you got to get some moderators. <laughs> and so um, another person that was helping me out, Catherine, she was training moderators around the clock on election day. We got up to 170 people all around the world that were just helping us deal with the onslaught of incoming posts. On election day, we had over 120,000 people sharing their selfies and their photos and their I voted stickers. And it was just this like yeah. amazing sort of... Um, upswelling of energy and support, um, which then, you know, we all watched together on the evening and of November 8th and the early morning of November 9th when that shocking, infuriating, um, devastating moment when Secretary Clinton lost. And, and um, I can't even say the current president's name. Like, that's why I was pausing. So I'm like, I can't even, I, yeah, acknowledge. I still have a hard time with that. Um, yeah. So anyway, here we are. And in that moment, like you were there, Courtney, and, and in a minute, I want to ask you about like what your perspective through that whole thing was, mm -hmm. because for me, it was really different. But um, there was there was moments on the on the 9th and 10th and 11th of November, where everything that I thought Pansy Nation was going to become, which was this like, essentially, like, groundswell of support for President Clinton changed into something really different, which is what do we do now? What's next? What's next for this group that was going in one direction that was started by accident? And yet here's so many people who are sharing these stories, sharing their vulnerability, sharing their um, belief in, in similar values and, and their hope and their sense of urgency about what to do next. How can we kind of usher this community in a way that feels um, honest to the to the initial sort of intent of the group, but also moves the community forward? And, and that's kind of, you know, where we still are. We're still investing in ways to create collective calls to action, to use storytelling as a way to motivate people to take action, um, to amplify the voices of people that are acting in, in big ways and small ways, um, to create change and, and to move this country in a, in a a direction that the leadership of this country is trying to pull us away from. And, and I really feel like we're just at the beginning, even though it feels sometimes like it's been a long road um, <laughs> since that morning in October. Yeah, absolutely. It's hard to imagine life before Pantsuit Nation um, since I know that it, for the two of us, it's, you know, we live and breathe this organization now. Um, and that was definitely not, you know, when I joined, you talked about when you were onboarding all of those moderators. That's when, when I came on board and snapped my selfie. I wore my pantsuit with my Beyonce t-shirt under it because that felt like the most appropriate thing to go vote in. Um, and that's going up on the blog this week. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone can go check out pretty, Courtney. Pretty good selfie. I gotta say. Um, and <laughs> I, I remember telling a friend of mine, um, you know, she was, pregnant at the time with a little girl and she was thinking like what if things don't go the way that we're we're hoping it will go what what's going to happen and I told her about this group that I was in <laughs> that was people telling their stories about why they were supporting Secretary Clinton and it was what was amazing to me is that I already was um a Clinton supporter and then I was reading other people's stories and being reminded of the depth of her um, 
the the way that she cared about people and the different to- ways that she has demonstrated um, that she was trying to help people move forward. And obviously, you know, this is not coming from a person who doesn't criticize their politicians. You should see the letters that I wrote to Barack Obama when I disagreed with, he, with what he was doing. Um, <laughs> but the, uh, But I was absolutely sure that um, she was the right person to lead the country forward. And it just gave me even more reasons to feel that way. And and I was really thrilled about it. And when the election went the other direction, um, I was also really um, – it was comforting to know that other people were just shattered, um, that I was completely numb. Um, I didn't cry until uh, the day after the election when I was supposed to see Hamilton and there was a ticket snafu. So I cried outside of the Richard Rogers Theater. <laughs> but I, don't worry. I uh, got to see Hamilton the next day. Everything was fine. But um, it was it was just like I couldn't tap into some of those really difficult emotions and reading other people who had been able to get there before I did kind of helps me work through it. And, you know, then we started to talk behind the scenes about what happens next and recognize that this space is still necessary. Um, and that not only is it necessary, we can use it. We can move forward some of the things that are critical to this community by um, galvanizing the community. Uh, so, you know, here we are now. Um, we are a nonprofit organization. We are still a secret Facebook group. Um, and we are, <laughs> you know, we have this pod is your pod to um, continue what we have started what you started in the group, which is a place for people to to tell their stories. And, um, you know, what's what's great about uh, this podcast is that um, it gives us another way to get even more of those stories out there. Um, so I'm thrilled to be here with you. Yeah, and I'm so thankful for, for you and for uh, Kat, as always. We're going to hear from her a little bit later. All of our moderators, all of our admins, people that have volunteered at this point hundreds and probably thousands of hours to making this community a place where people feel supported and connected and where they, they come to learn and they come to listen. Um, and I think that that is something that isn't it's not unique. There are other other places on the internet where that happens, but it's certainly not the the norm that I see around where there is this sense where we're we're coming together to to truly kind of um, be in community and in, in true community. And even with four million people, I think that happens in Pantsuit Nation every day. And I think when people, you know, we've gotten some criticism for Pantsuit Nation over the last nine months, people feeling like we could be moving this community a different direction, or that this is just a place where people come to pat each other on the back and share, you know, quote, feel good stories. And um, I think I, I really want to draw attention to the power of storytelling to change lives, to inspire people to action, to, um, move people in a way that can't be done by statistics, by data. You know, there's something that's so powerful about personal narrative to create change. And that's something, it's not new. It's, you know, like historically, that's how a lot of uh, change and social change happens is through people telling their stories. Um, and we see that in Pantsuit Nation time and again, and, and we'll hear it on this this podcast 
and we're actually going to hear from someone in, in just a minute um, who is a phenomenal example of how giving people voice, being a space where people can listen and share is tremendously powerful. Um, and Pantsuit Nation does, does that sort of through through highlighting the stories of people that are most vulnerable under this administration and then linking that with, with action. Um, there's other ways to do that. And um, with that, I, I want to welcome uh, Lola to join us. So we are going to talk to Lola Omalola, who is the founder of a Facebook group called Females In, um, and it's also known as FIN, F-I-N. And um, she's going to tell us about her community that is built on exactly what we were just talking about, um, storytelling to create social change. So um, Lola's going to come on with us next. Lola, you're there? Hi, I'm here. Hello, everyone. Hi, Lola. Hi, Hi, Lola. Welcome. Thank you so much for joining us. Yep. I'm super excited. And I just can't (laughs) even believe I'm on episode two. I'm one of the first people on your show. Yeah. That's awesome. We're (laughs) starting off with a a really hard-hitting roster because you're one of the uh, mavens of an amazing large Facebook group, over a million people. Why don't you tell us a little bit about Finn? Um, Finn is a no judgment, uh, group, uh, where women, it's basically a support group, but it's a support group with a twist. Most of the time when we hear support, we're thinking, well, you can basically come to a space and when someone shares her life story or shares that experiences, you can tell her what you think she should have been doing or what you think, you know, her choices needed to have been that have caused her to, you know, that has brought her here. Uh, wherever she is now in her journey. But Finn is different in that we don't really, um, uh, we don't, that's not really how conversations go in that space. When a woman comes to Finn, she wants to talk about her experiences. She wants to talk about who she is. She wants to give us a peek into parts of her life that normally she would never have shared with anyone. So I think that that's a privilege in and of itself to have access to someone else's experience in that way. So our responsibility as members or spinsters is basically to listen primarily Mm -hmm. and to show support. So support for us, the way it works on Finn is literal. It's like you are supporting the person or you are saying nothing. So, like, we don't, we, it's not a place that, where we get to criticize people for the choices they've made. It's a place where we get to embrace them and we give them a reason to try again the next day. So, Finn is a very, you know, unusual but amazing support environment, support system, where women feel really welcome and know that they can share whatever it is and not get judged. So it's a, it's a really special space. That sounds amazing and completely different than basically the entire rest of the internet. So I, I, <laughs> I'm so, so needed. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and Lola, what made you start this group? I mean, it's, it's obviously a really necessary space, but what was your motivation for getting this going in the first place? Um, I'll tell you what, I grew up in a, um, I grew up in Nigeria, in Lagos, Nigeria, and it's, a community where women are trained from a super early age to shut up, to basically not talk, to be silent, which is a problem because when women, you know, like you, and you find out really early, let's say around three, age three or so, your mom will literally give you a pinch and a shush as soon as you show any signs of self-awareness, which is a problem 
because it trains girls to not express themselves. So even when we're, our lives are in peril, it carries over to our adulthood where we don't say what we're feeling, where we don't say what we're thinking, and we don't say what we're going through because we don't want to be shushed. We really just don't see, you know, that our voice has that much value in public discourse. And that's a problem. And uh, that was that has made me really obsessed about, um, you know, doing something about giving women a voice since I was very, very young. Since I was a teenager, I've been literally really obsessed with it. But what actually led to the creation of the group was I don't you may have heard of those girls who were abducted in some high school in Nigeria. Sure. Um, Yeah. The Chibok girls. Yeah. The Chibok girls. So when I heard that story, I right I was so affected by that I knew what what you know why this happened to begin with everyone had an idea of you know everyone wanted to talk about the terrorists and what the problems were in society that caused them to do this and their beliefs but I knew there was a deeper issue that we weren't really talking about and that is they took almost 300 women man like that's 300 women. Yeah. That's because they really didn't see women as being valuable. That they could go to a place, do a sweep, and take 300 women from their school. Until we speak now, almost 100 of them are still in captivity. So I knew that this, I knew that the genesis of this is a community in which women are not valued. They're not really seen as individuals. Their voices don't really mean that much. And I, I knew that I had to do something and I had to do it now. Mm. And I think the insomnia, <laughs> the self-imposed insomnia that I had from that may, uh, led me directly to creating fit. And why, um, I mean, this, I, I think you're so right, Lola. Like when we look around there, um, and, and we find it in Pantsuit Nation too, like there's sort of this like overarching narrative that often ignores the experience of women and girls as the heart of so many of the like systemic, you know, imbalances and, and oppression in this country globally. Um, and so I, I'm inspired by what you're saying, and I'm curious why um, why you took it to Facebook. Like, what was the motivation there, um, and how has having a Facebook group of all things um, been sort of a solution, or at least a way to access this undercurrent of misogyny and kind of the the oppression of of women globally uh, in in your mind? Um, first, I have no money, so that's <laughs> Facebook provides tools that I would have never been able to afford to provide for myself if I wanted to do something like this. You know, um, trying to make real change is a very ambitious, is a very ambitious undertaking. So I knew that, you know, I didn't have the resources to do that um, the way I wanted to do that. Of course, I didn't expect anything of this magnitude to happen. I didn't expect people to respond in the way they have. But what I went to Facebook because... First, it was free. <laughs> uh, Critical. Secondly, yeah, I know, right? And secondly, because Facebook has something that other um, other platforms could not have provided, and that is the warm. I call it the warm and fuzzy. Uh, Facebook is, for instance, like there are other platforms, other social media platforms in which you know people interact constantly and stuff. But the thing with Facebook is it actually promotes like 
conversation. It promotes relationship building. Mm-hmm. And not like, it doesn't really promote snappy commenting. Like, you know, where you, you know, you're just about snapping back and the clap back and, and things like that. Please it's not Reddit, <laughs> in other words. <laughs> right. If you look at someone's profile, like you can get to know them on a deep, in a deep elemental way. So I think that Facebook is the only um, space that could have, you know, that, that had the kind of tools that could have fostered the kind of relationships that I was hoping to build through, uh, for, for Finsters. So, yeah, so that, that, that was the reason why I chose Facebook to begin with. And that's the reason why we're, we, I think we were tailor-made for Facebook as a girl. When you say that, like, it couldn't have happened anywhere else on Facebook, like, what's the, what's the day, like, now in Finn? I mean, what are, you, what are you seeing on a daily basis? What's your community like? How many people? Do you feel like it's been successful? Oh, my God. It's amazing. Um, we have, as I speak, I mean, just in the past 60 days, we have grown to, we, we have gotten almost 200,000 new members. Oh, my gosh. Wow. That's incredible. Yeah, yeah, really, it is. So we get uh, between three to 7,000 new members daily, and, um, and that hasn't showed any sign of slowing down since we got started. Uh, Finn was started 20, 22 months ago, actually, uh, September mm. of 2015. And, um, you know, we, we're at, I think it's a million one hundred and ninety thousand now. And, uh, we, you know, it's, it's really, it's, it's really mind blowing because in no other, there's no way that my story is probable. Like the story of Finn isn't probable enough. And I mean, how do you get a million people? You understand it because it's the same thing with Pantsuit Nation. Like it's just unbelievable. Like, you know, to be able to create something and be able to get the attention of more than a million people in the same place. It's, uh, it's something that I'll never get used to. I find it absolutely <laughs> mind-blowing. I mean, I just can't even imagine how it's so unexpected. Like, no one plans for a million people around a cause. I, um, I may not have mentioned that our cause is ending the culture of silence, uh, obviously. So, you know, to, I didn't expect that many people to turn that quickly or to even find any interest in that because I knew that it, it was we were trying to disrupt the status quo. When you're trying to disrupt the status quo that people have found so much comfort with for so long, you know you're up for a fight. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I, I knew I was up for a fight. Yep. Right. You yeah. gotta have your I knew I was up for a fight. And I realized that really early on that we were in for for it because we knew that lots of people were going to have problems with a bunch of women coming together somewhere and, you know, and saying, you know, talking about experiences that they've been shushed from talking about for so right. long. And there we were talking about sex, talking about our family experiences, talking about sexual assaults and, you know, family members. I mean, a woman would come over there and talk about an issue she's not talked about for 40 years with anyone that she's never been able to share that, you know, a family member raped me when I was 16 years old and, and I was ostracized from my family instead of someone standing up to help me and help make a difference for me. I mean, really, really deep experiences um, that we share out there on, on, on Finn. It's, it's unbelievable to me. That's, incredibly, incredibly powerful, Lola. I, 
I do want to know what, what you've learned about yourself since I think you're such an inspirational figure in, in moving this, this culture, um, in sort of a different direction. I, I have, I have learned, I have learned so much. Um, but I think that the number one thing I have learned is that humans are so, so resilient. Um, I can't believe, like I hear stories that are just unbelievable so many times. When I, when Finn just started, I, I stopped sleeping. Hmm. I, I, I stopped eating. I was so, I, I was so broken by the experiences of so many people. I couldn't believe, I couldn't believe that people carry that much burden, uh, you know, with them. Sure. You know, every day and their lives and what that has taught me. And I mean, I had an understanding of it because we've spent, my husband and I have spent, you know, a large part of the past 15 years mentoring other people. But to have that scale, at that scale and at the depth, learn about people's experiences. And it's, it has taught me that everyone has a story and everyone's story has shaped them. And no matter what other people do to me, they really aren't really doing it to me. No matter what other people do around me, they're, they're not doing it to me. It's just a reflection of their experiences, where they're, they're coming from and where, where they're at. Hmm. So I think it has transformed me completely. Nothing is really about any individual person. It's not about me. It's about what they're going through. And I, I think that that's the major thing that it, it has uh, is the resilience of the human experience hmm. and how uh, is the number one thing that has, that has shaped me and that's transformed me um, since since started um, 22 months ago. Wow, Lola, that that is, um, I think, a really, uh, it's just a lesson that I think is something that we are learning every day at Pantsuit Nation as well, um, you know, particularly that every person has a story. And it's just incredible to hear you talk about what your experience has been helping people share those stories. And it's it's so critical. Um, so I know that Finn is a secret Facebook group, but is there a way for people to um, get access to what Finn is doing that's not secret? Or um, do you have a public page where people can, can connect with you? Oh, yes. Uh, we do have a, a public page. So if you type in female in, uh, Finn, while you may not be able to view the group uh, right away, you are able to assess the um, the main uh, public page. And, you know, if you go over there, you'll see that lots of people have on there to add them. You know, they they do request to be added to the group if they don't have a friend or, you know, a family member who's already a member of an exclusive uh, secret group. So, yeah, Lola, I mean, thank you sort of on a, on a personal level. I feel like you have done something extraordinarily selfless um, in creating Finn and maintaining it for the past 22 months um, and essentially sort of elevating this platform for women's voices and their stories to be shared um, in, a, in a truly unprecedented uh, way for, for 
your culture, but also as you're kind of indicating universally, this is a space that um, women have needed and you have gone and created it. And like just a huge shout out and thank you for that. You're a true activist um, in, in our minds at Pantsuit Mation and, and we're really um, inspired by all that you're doing. So thank you for what you're doing. Thank you for joining us on the podcast. It's um, always lovely to hear your voice. And I hope um, I'm jealous that Courtney got to meet you in person uh, a few weeks ago, but it was I hope awesome. to be able to meet you and give you a huge huge hug someday soon because uh yeah you're incredible and and thank you so much thank you so much it's been a real pleasure i love princess nation and i love you guys libby and courtney thank you for having me thank you lola thanks lola This Pod Is Your Pod is brought to you today by Movement Watches, which was founded on the belief that style shouldn't break the bank. The watchmaker's goal is to change the way consumers think about fashion by offering high-quality, minimalist products at revolutionary prices. And with over 1 million watches sold to customers in 160 countries around the world, Movement has solidified itself as the world's fastest-growing watch company. Movement Watches start at just $95. At a department store, you're looking at $400 to $500. Movement figured out that by selling watches online, they were able to cut out the middleman and the retail markup and provide the best possible price. I have a Movement watch. I have the Vine. I love the classic design and you're going to love it too. Today, you can go to movement.com slash this pod and get 15% off with free shipping and free returns. That is mvmt.com slash this pod. I've been getting compliments on this watch ever since I put it on. It's now time to step up your watch game. So go to movement.com slash this pod to get 15% off. Join the movement. Today's show is also brought to you by Books. Calling all gift lovers, party planners, and lovers of beauty, the Books Company was founded on the belief that there's nothing quite like the feeling of receiving flowers. They mark our most important milestones, brighten our most special memories, and offer a breath of fresh air to our days. And the Books Company has made it even easier to send and receive flowers with a groundbreaking subscription service that delivers farm-direct flowers straight to your doorstep. It's simple. Just visit books.com and choose one of their two packages, special occasions or regular deliveries. Select a book style and schedule your delivery dates. Beautiful flowers will arrive at your or your special someone's doorstep like clockwork. Whether it's refreshing your home with bi-weekly deliveries of farm fresh blooms or eliminating the worry of missing an anniversary or someone's birthday, subscriptions from books.com are the ideal way to guarantee happiness. A special offer for our listeners, save 10% off the regular price and pay as you go. Visit books.com slash this pod to get started. That's B-O-U-Q-S dot com slash this pod to find out how you can save with a flower subscription. So Courtney, let's talk about this ongoing healthcare debacle that's happening um, every day. There's more kind of disastrous <laughs> news coming out of Washington about a whole host of things, but this uh, healthcare conversation has been going on for a while. And uh, let's let's talk about that a little bit. Yeah, I think um, this is a great time to bring in Cat. Uh, our oh, the cat call. It's time for the cat call. <laughs> our intrepid COO who gives us these great calls to action. And um, let's give Cat a call. Maybe she's walking her dog. Hello. It's Cat. Hi, Cat. Hi, Libby. Hi, Courtney. <laughs> I was not walking my dog. It's good. It's, it's good. How's it going? I'm uh, paying close attention to the news today. So uh, yes. happy to talk with y'all. Yes. 
Absolutely. So Kat, we were just talking about what has gone down with healthcare in the last 24 hours. Um, what can you tell us about what we can do um, about how the Republicans are continuing to try and push, push through an Obamacare repeal? Great. Yeah, I think so. The big thing that folks can do this week uh, is, is join up with a series of events called Our Lives on the Line. You can go to ourlivesontheline.org. They are hosting a series of events on July 29th. And really, you know, the, the big point of this is for have folks telling their stories so that representatives are listening to the stories of millions of folks across the country whose health care could be ripped away if they go forward with this plan that nobody really knows what's in it, right? This is just ridiculous. Um, so there will be hundreds of events around the country. You can go sign on that website, take a look, see if there's one in your area. Um, other folks join in this movement. You have Planned Parenthood. Move on, Indivisible, Emily's List, SEIU, Organizing for America. I mean, it goes on and on and on. How folks are going to be involved with this event. There'll be a main event in D.C., so if you want to go to that one, uh, they'll, that's at the Warner Theater uh, just outside there. The official hashtag for it is hashtag Our Lives. And if you, know, if you can't make it out to an event, if there isn't one in your area, uh, go ahead and still tell your stories. Tweet, um, tell your story on Pantsuit Nation, tell your story to anybody who will hear it. It's very important for our representatives to hear the actual impact of these actions, to hear the stories of folks affected by Trump care. So get out in the streets or get out on the Internet or call your representatives. <laughs> but our lives on the line this weekend. Get out on your fax Saturday, machine. July 29th. Yeah, just get out there any way you can. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think that what – one of the things that's been so critical about getting to the point where we are now, which is that they've been trying to do this repeal for months now and haven't been able to, is exactly what you just talked about. People getting out, telling their stories, telling their representatives and the people that work for them about how they're directly affected by the things that they're trying to propose. And right now, with the Our Lives on the Line events, we have an opportunity to be hugely visible. Um, so I, that's, I'm so glad that you were able to, to give us that um, information because it really gives people an action to take this weekend on the 29th, um, something that you can do directly. And it looks like actually they have moved the event to Freedom Plaza in Washington, D.C. So I didn't want to send anybody to the wrong place. But just to be sure, <laughs> because these, these events are growing. Please go to the website, ourlivesontheline.org. You can find something local to you. There's about 125 events across the country really focused on local grassroots movement uh, to lift up voices of folks who are fighting for health care in their communities. If you got out for the Women's March, if you got out for the March for Truth, March for Science, you know, one of the most inspiring things there was seeing people show up all across the country and all across the world to um, be standing, you know, in the moment, telling stories, showing up. Um, and that's so important. And so, again, yeah, go to that website. It's a really um, great example, too, of how a lot of organizations are joining forces in this moment, uh, including Pantsuit Nation as sort of an official partner on Our Lives on the Line. We're really interested in in kind of joining forces and, and bringing people together to take a stand. Um, and, and in this case, it's a stand that, that literally has the lives of so many people at stake. And so it couldn't be more important. Um, so thank you, Kat, for, for drawing our attention to that. Um, looking forward to hearing from people that are out there on Saturday, showing up and again, yeah, telling stories and making sure that our voices are heard. Yeah. Kat, one more time. Can you tell us about the DC event and the hashtags? 
Sure. The hashtag is hashtag our lives. Again, that's our lives. You can go ahead and post your story if you can't make it to any of them. The national event is at Freedom Plaza in Washington, D.C. There'll be a program featuring personal stories of those folks who are directly impacted by the repeal plans. There'll be activists there, advocates, selected officials, all just a consortium of people fighting back. Yes, that's the kind of crowd that you want to be around on days like today. And I'll be in L.A. What? Yeah, I'm going to be at the event in L.A. So, Are you going to bring one of your three bullhorns, Kat? I probably will. Uh, three bullhorns and whatever poster board I have hanging out in my truck that will be transformed to whatever we need because the news nice. is shifting so quickly. <clears throat> yeah, absolutely. Who knows Who knows what you're going to have to write? At least uh, poster board is double-sided, so you can have two messages at once. Well, you know, my, my partner and I stocked up on poster board when, on November 9th, so we, we figured we'd need a lot of it. So luckily, we've got a bunch of it hanging out in the truck and in the closet, so we're ready to go. Activist 101, yeah. bulk order your poster board and large Sharpies. Bulk poster board, <laughs> backup bullhorn, exactly. And, and Courtney's tip of having your, um, your elected representatives all, all tied into the, the speed dial ZZZ zone. Really great tips from, from the fan, founders of Pantsuit Nation on, uh, yeah, how to show up. All right, Kat. Well, thank you so much. Good luck out there this weekend. Thanks for all that you do. And we will talk to you, I mean, on the pod next week, but in a couple of minutes. Have a great one, you guys. Okay, have a good one, Kat. Thanks, Kat. Bye now. All right, bye. This pod is your pod is also brought to you by Latote. Sometimes buying something in the store can be really difficult because you don't have time to try it on. There can be a sales clerk who's maybe pressuring you to buy something in a color that you know just won't work. Or you want to try a trend, but you're just not sure if it will work for your body type. But you can try out all of these things without the risk, thanks to Latote. It's a fashion subscription box that sends brand name clothing and accessories right to your door for one low monthly fee. They're style and fit experts, and they have data to fit you better than any other retailer. You can rent up to $700 worth of clothing from brands like BCBG, Max Azria, Nike, Rebecca Minkoff, and more all month long. It's also really great if you're expecting. They have maternity totes. Your size is changing for nine months, and now you don't have to buy maternity clothes that you won't want to wear again. You can get as many totes as you want in a month. They're simple to wear, return, and repeat. It's so awesome for me to use Latote. Not only do I not love, you know, shopping with two young children, but I actually don't often have time to get out to a store living where I live. And so Latote sends me stuff. I try it on. Sometimes it's amazing. Sometimes it doesn't fit. doesn't matter. Send it back. Get a new one. Um, and it's like a sort of ever-changing little special wardrobe that you can select from if you want to jazz up your wardrobe a little bit. Absolutely. I mean, I'm going on vacation this week. And so when I was planning my Latote, I picked out outfits that I knew I would want to wear coming up on near the beach. Um, And so you can kind of plan ahead and try out new things. And then when you're done with them, you get to just send them back and get something new, which is really great. So you get to save money. You get to eliminate those stressful trips to the store where you're, you know, trying to find that one special thing. Now you can get up to $700 worth of special things to try out and then send them back when you're ready. So go to latote.com, that's L-E-T-O-T-E.com, and get started for as low as $39 a month. Enter promo code THISPOD at checkout and get 50% off of your first month. Once you sign up, you'll receive your completely customized tote within days. Wear what you want, return everything in the mail when you're done, and repeat all month long. Again, that's latote.com. Enter the code THISPOD and feel fabulous and have fashion delivered right to your door. 
All right, so always amazing to hear from Kat. Always great to find out the kind of next step for how we can show up for one another, fight for what's right, use our numbers to really make an impression. Uh, and this week, you know, as it has been for the last several weeks, healthcare front and center, there was a big motion to proceed uh, that was voted on. And uh, there were some, some pretty incredible women in particular that were standing up for those Americans that uh, have the most at stake with this, with this vote and the movements that the Republican Party has taken to repeal Obamacare. So I think it's time for the golden pantsuit. What do you think, Courtney? Absolutely. Time for the golden pantsuit. So for a reminder to our listeners, um, the golden pantsuit is an award that we give out to um, super badass, strong women who are just out there doing amazing things that we want to highlight. Um, so today, uh, after the um, vote in the Senate um, to essentially move forward on the repeal, um, there's been a lot of buzz around a certain senator and whether or not this senator is a hero for coming to vote on the motion to proceed. And we really don't want to waste too much energy talking about that person when we can talk about Senator Maisie Hirono. Love her. So last month, <laughs> I know, she's amazing. So last month, Senator Hirono was on the Senate floor talking about how devastating this bill was going to be the day before she went in to have surgery to have a lesion removed from her rib. She was diagnosed with kidney cancer in May and was having surgery the next day, and still she was standing on the floor fighting for other people's health care. That is the definition of a badass. Yeah, so Senator Hirono, incredibly inspiring, and uh, we're actually going to take a really quick listen to what she had to say just after that uh, motion to proceed went through yesterday, speaking on the steps of the Senate uh, with uh, Elizabeth Warren. Aloha, everybody. Aloha. Aloha. Hawaii is in the house. Well, how many of you don't think that healthcare is personal? Okay. Hey, it's personal. Gosh darn it. I could use some other words, but we'll be fine here. And you know what? I, I am the poster child, along with John McCain, frankly, for the proposition that we are all only one diagnosis away from a major illness, which I truly thought happened to other people, but some of you may know that in the last three months I found out that I have a, a stage four kidney cancer. Boy, that really threw me for a loop, but I'm doing fine, you guys. We have fantastic treatment. Great thing was, the great thing was, I had health care. So I wasn't sitting there worrying about how the heck I was going to pay for the care that I needed. I could concentrate on the kind of care that would make me well and that could keep me here on the steps of the Capitol to fight with you guys because this is going to be for the long haul. Woo! Yeah. So speaking of bullhorns, uh, this woman is incredible. She, uh, you know, she has cancer. She's out there. She's advocating. Um, true hero golden pantsuit, Senator Hirono, thank you so much uh, for all the work that you're doing to protect millions of Americans from this horrible, cruel, mean bill that the Republicans are just like, won't give up on, despite tons of opposition from within their own party even. So uh, yes, you're awesome. We love you. We love you, Senator Hirono. We'll send you your golden pantsuit in the mail soon. <laughs> yeah, we got to work on that piece of it. But uh, anyway. All right, Libby, we did it. End of episode two. Amazing. Thank you, Courtney, for um, hanging in there with me. <laughs> uh, and, and of course, thank you. Huge thank you to Lola, to Kat, um, and to our listeners for joining us on this pod is your pod. 
Absolutely. And, um, you know, because it's always something happening with this administration, always something going on, we just want to acknowledge that today Donald Trump said that transgender people are no longer going to be able to serve in the military and sent a really offensive tweet um, about medical costs of transgender people um, and what that would cost to the military. And I... I mean, I, I don't even know what to say about how much they are rolling back civil rights um, on a regular basis. And we'll be talking more about this kind of issue um, moving forward, but I just wanted to make sure that we acknowledge that um, that's happening and that people are really in danger um, and that this president really is not looking out for, uh, I'm sorry. Humans? Like, yeah. Anyone other than himself? Yeah, <laughs> humans. Like, I'm, I'm just so mad that I can't, I can't pull it together. But um, yeah, I know. It, yeah. This this is literally just you know coming out as we're speaking, and it's it it hurts. It's painful. Um, I can't imagine you know the pain that that transgender people around the country are feeling. You know, put this on top of what happened with um, you know his his absurd speech to the Boy Scouts of America uh, earlier this week. I mean, it's just yeah. it feels like like leadership is crumbling. You know, when you don't think it can get any worse, it just it just gets that much worse. And this is the this is the reality now that we're dealing with. People who have chosen to serve in the military deserve to be um, treated with respect and significantly more respect than the president just treated um, our transgender service members today. So, um, yes, yeah, we see you, we hear you, we're grateful for your service. And if you're hurting right now, reach out. There are people that love you. And, uh, you know, the, the president doesn't, doesn't represent how most people in this country feel. Absolutely. Um, so, you know, another thing that we talked about today is the healthcare bill. Obviously check out our lives and the events that are going on on the 29th. Um, share what you're doing with the hashtag Our Lives. And then if you like what you hear, please subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts and wherever else you get your podcasts. Leave us a review. You can also visit us at pantsuitnation.org. There's going to be a blog post going up about this episode. Um, so we'd love to hear your thoughts, your questions. And of course, we appreciate our sponsors who help us bring this show to you for free. Thank you to Sunbasket, Books, Movement Watches, Lato, and of course, Digital Media, who produces and distributes our show. And we'll be back next week with a new episode of This Pod is Your Pod. Can't wait to talk with you all then. Yep. And remember, this democracy is your democracy. So stay engaged. Stay engaged, everyone. Bye, Court. Talk to you soon. Bye.